0: Good morning. The reading this morning is from John chapter 6. We'll begin reading at verse 41. It's John 6, verse 41. At this, the Jews there began to grumble about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said these things while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe, and who would betray him. He went on to say, "'This is why I told you that no one can come to me "'unless the Father has enabled them.' "'From this time, many of his disciples turned back "'and no longer followed him. "'You do not want to leave too, do you?' "'Jesus asked the twelve. "'Simon Peter answered him, "'Lord, to whom shall we go? "'You have the words of eternal life. "'We have come to believe "'and to know that you are the Holy One of God.' "'Then Jesus replied, "'Have I not chosen you, the twelve?' yet one of you is a devil. He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, who, though one of the twelve, was later to betray him.
1: Uh, we're currently busy with a series uh, working through John 5-10. to 10. Uh, We started a couple of weeks ago. JP took us through chapter 5 and the beginning of chapter 6. Uh, the, the section that we're looking at today, it comes um, uh, tightly after the, the passage we looked at last week, uh, the first half of chapter six we, we saw uh, Jesus feeding um, the 5,000. Uh, massive crowd coming to him. You know, it was probably more like 10 to 20,000 people uh, coming to Jesus. It was 5,000 men. Um, and up to this point, uh, you know, Jesus is looking fairly popular. even the day after that, a large crowds go looking for Jesus. Uh, the passage that we're looking at today uh, shows us the responses, the true responses of people uh, to Jesus' teaching. Just uh, let's just have a look um, back um, at, at verse 26 and 27 from last week. Uh, Jesus answered them, "Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed." but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. So the large crowds are coming to Jesus, but they're coming to Jesus for the wrong reasons. They're coming to Jesus to be fed by him. They're coming to see Jesus... The miracle worker, or are they coming for the material works uh, of Jesus? But Jesus is saying that they need something more, there's something bigger, something more important. And, and chapter 5 raised that for us as it showed that our primary need is, is to deal with the wrath of God. Against us, And remember back to chapter 5, when Jesus healed uh, the man uh, who had been an invalid for, for 38 years. Uh, and after Jesus healed the man, uh, Jesus finds the man in the temple. And in chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus says to him, See, you are well. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. Uh, John chapter 5, raised Uh, this, uh, that our primary need is to have our sins forgiven. Uh, In chapter 6, we see that Jesus is the one who claims to be the bread of life, who claims to be able to deal with our biggest problem. The passage that we're looking at today uh, centers around three objections against Jesus' teaching. Uh, The first is in verse 42. The objection there comes from the Jews and says, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Uh, The second objection comes in verse 52. How can this man give his flesh to eat? And then the final objection, verse sixty. This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? So we've seen Jesus' teaching, and now we see the responses, the objections to Jesus' teaching. So let's look at the first one. Yeah, the Jews, they are grumbling to themselves. And the first objection really is, how can Jesus claim to have come down from heaven? Now we can easily see why this objection would make sense. They say, you know, isn't this the son of Joseph? We know him. We know his mother. We've known him uh, since he was a little kid. And maybe some of them had been at school with him, seeing Jesus learning his ABCs, or whatever the Hebrew equivalent is. Uh, Maybe some of them would have have actually looked after Jesus um, as Mary and Joseph went out on their weekly date nights. You you can imagine how they're responding like this, isn't this ridiculous? We know this guy, we've seen him grow up, we know his family. How can he now claim to be from heaven? Uh, You just imagine one of the the kids in children's church across the way um, claiming to have come from heaven. We would think it's ridiculous, wouldn't we? And that is how uh, the people are responding. Jesus' claim here is more than just a claim to have been in heaven. His claim here is a claim of divinity. It's a claim to be God, a claim to be God broken into this world to deal with our biggest problem, to deal with the problem of our sin and God's wrath that is being poured out because of sin. The Jews, they grumble and they say, surely not. Jesus can't really be God. He can't really be from heaven. Uh, they've known him since he was a boy. But Jesus responds to this objection in verses 43 to 51. And there's two parts to Jesus' response. The first part, 43 to 46, Jesus explains the rejection. And then secondly, in 47 to 51, Jesus shows why his divinity is necessary. So firstly, Jesus explains the rejection of the Jews. In these verses, we see that it is only by a miracle of God that someone can truly see Jesus for who he is. To see Jesus as the divine Son of God come down from heaven, to see him as the one who came to die to bring eternal life, a miracle of God is needed. God needs to open blind eyes. He needs to soften hard hearts for people to come to him. These Jews rejected Jesus and all of us by ourselves until God works in us will reject him. If God does not soften our hearts we will not turn to him in repentance and faith. If God does not perform a miracle in us We will not uh, turn to Jesus as the divine savior of the world. If you are a believer here today, then God has worked a miracle in your life. He has brought you from death to life. He has opened your eyes to see and understand the truth. Uh, All of us who are following Jesus, who are believing in him, have had that miracle at work in us. Some of us might have happened before we can even remember. Uh, when we share our test it's very tempting in those cases to say, well, I've got quite a boring test me, because you know it's not the drugs to change test me that we hear. But all of us, if we are a follower of Jesus, if we are believing in him, have had God work a miracle in us. And there's no boring test me where it is God who works. A miracle in us. And God performs this miracle by means of divine revelation. Look at, at verse 45. It is written in the prophets, they will be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and has learned from him comes to me. God is the one Who reveals himself to us? God is the one who draws us to Jesus. In the pages of Scripture, God has made known himself to us. We are to sit at Jesus' feet, to sit at the words of Jesus, at the words of God, to study his word, to be prepared to be taught by him. And God will teach us. God's word is powerful. It is powerful to bring us to salvation, to lead us to Jesus in repentance and faith. Uh, This last Friday, I had the the great privilege of baptizing one of our first-year students. She has an amazing testimony that um, centers, really, around God's Word. She became a Christian earlier this year after her sister one of our students, gave her a Bible for Christmas. She just gave her a Bible. Initially, she didn't think much of it, didn't do much. But after a while, she decided to start reading it. And God, as she read it, taught her, softened her heart, opened her eyes, and she decided to become a follower of Jesus. God's word is powerful. It is through his word that he brings people into a relationship with him. And Jesus is the perfect revelation of God. Jesus is the only one who has seen the Father. All of us need to look to Jesus. Look to Jesus to know the Father, to come into a relationship with him. And as we do this, eternal life is on offer for us. So after Jesus explaining the rejection of the Jews, Jesus shows us why his divinity is necessary. Uh, Verse 47, very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. In contrast to the Jews who reject Jesus and his divinity, uh, those who believe in Jesus have the promise of, Of eternal life. In the second book uh, of the Bible, in Exodus, uh, we read about, about how God rescued the Israelites from slavery to the Egyptians. Under Moses, they were led out of slavery into the wilderness on their way to the promised land, the land of Canaan. On the way, God provided for them He provided manna for them. Manna was a a, a bread-like substance that came down from heaven to feed them and to sustain them. In verses 48 to 51, Jesus shows that he is the better bread. He is better than the manna that that their ancestors ate. Verse 48, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, yet they died, but here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, and I will give it for the life of the world. Jesus is the living bread. He is better than the bread, the manna, uh, that the Israelites ate in the wilderness. They ate and they died. As we feed on Jesus, we can have the hope of eternal life. And in the wilderness, manna fed and nourished them just for a moment. Jesus feeds and nourishes us to eternity. Manna was temporary. Jesus is eternal. Jesus is the bread of life that gives eternal life. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. If Jesus is not from heaven, then he cannot give eternal life. He cannot be the bread that leads to eternal life. Jesus is divine. He is from heaven. He is God among us and he holds out the promise of eternal life. The second objection against Jesus' teaching comes in verse 52. And here again, the Jews are arguing among themselves, and they say, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Uh, Do you notice in verse 51, the picture changed, the, the illustration changed from bread to flesh. Up up until this point throughout uh, uh, John 6, there's been this focus on bread, but now Jesus says that this bread is his flesh. Verse 51, this bread is my flesh which I will give for the life of the world. So the Jews object, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? And again, we can have sympathy with the Jews. That's a very strange thing for someone to say, isn't it? Yeah, have my flesh, eat it. What? They call, is Jesus calling them to be cannibals? Uh, what's important here is to see the context in which the this, um, this saying that Jesus says comes. John's already told us in, in um, chapter 6, verse 4, that it is Passover time how John wants us to have Passover in in our minds as we read this. The Passover festival was an annual festival that the the Jews celebrated, and they did it to remember the first Passover. Again, uh, while the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt, God's judgment came on the people uh, in the 10th plague. Uh, And it was only those who put the blood of the lamb on their doorposts who had God's judgment pass over them. A, A lamb had to be sacrificed. Its blood had to be spilled in order to have them spared from God's judgment. Every year, the Jews were to celebrate the Passover, to remember that first Passover, remember God's deliverance from judgment. There were even special questions that were to be asked um, during the Passover meal that pointed back to the purpose of the Lamb in taking their place, uh, sparing them from God's judgment. In John's Gospel, uh, in chapter 1, Jesus is introduced As the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus, talking about us eating his flesh, drinking his blood, is showing us that he is the ultimate Passover Lamb. It is through Jesus' flesh, through his blood, that life comes to us, that eternal life comes to us. Jesus came into this world to die. He came to give up his flesh, to give up his blood for us so that we can be made right with God. As we feed on his death, he gives us eternal life. Verse 57, just as the living father sent me and I live because of the father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. So just as the lamb at the Passover shed its blood uh, so that the Israelites would be spared from God's judgment, Jesus would shed his blood, would give up his life so that we can be spared from God's judgment. Our greatest need, as we saw in chapter 5, is to have our sins dealt with, to have God's wrath against our sins dealt with. Jesus deals with our sins. He does that by dying on the cross he died so that we can be forgiven he died that we can receive eternal life verse 53 Jesus says unless you eat his flesh you have no life did you notice the exclusive claim there unless you eat his flesh there is only one way Uh, there's no other way to eternal life, other than eating Jesus' flesh. Uh, Many people, and many even uh, in so-called Christian circles, want to argue that Christianity is just one way to God. I hope we can all see that the Bible leaves no room for that, um, that thinking. Jesus is the only way to God. It is only by eating his flesh, by drinking his blood, that we can have eternal life. But then there's also an amazing promise in verse 54. Look at verse 54. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Whoever, anyone who comes to Jesus, uh, who eats his flesh, drinks his blood, the promise is eternal life. It is sure and certain, it's guaranteed. But what does it mean to eat Jesus' flesh? What does it mean to drink his blood? Are are we to be cannibals? Are we to be vampires? Uh, All the way through this chapter, eating Jesus' flesh is paralleled with belief, with trusting in Jesus, with coming to him. Just look back to verse 35. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never thirst again. You see the parallel there? Uh, Feeding on Jesus, uh, eating, eating the bread that he offers is paralleled with coming to him, believing in him, trusting in Jesus as the one who has come down from heaven. Who has come to die on the cross, who has come to deal with our biggest problem, to give us eternal life. That is why Jesus came, and it's only through him that we can have eternal life. The third objection comes in verse 60, and this time uh, many of his disciples, his followers, are the, one, uh, are the ones who have this objection. Verse 60, On hearing it many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching, who can accept it? And here we have an objection against Jesus' teaching. Now, they're not saying that they don't understand it. They're not saying that it doesn't make sense. They are saying that it's a hard teaching and they don't want to accept it. And they reject Jesus and they reject his teaching. In this section, we see that there are two different responses to Jesus' teaching. The first response in verse 66, we see that many of his disciples turned back from following him. Just look at verse 66 there. From that time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Just a day before, 20,000 people. Uh, Being fed by Jesus. That very morning, flocking to him, following him, uh, wanting, you know, coming, the crowds coming to him, popular Jesus. Verse 66. Many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. It's a hard teaching and they reject it. The second response comes uh, from the 12. Verse 67. You don't want to leave too. Do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Now here, the twelve, represented by Peter, they look to Jesus, they hear his teaching, and they accept it and believe. They come to him, Recognizing that it is him alone who can give eternal life. How how are we responding to Jesus? Uh, Is there some of his teaching that offends us, that we don't like, that we want to reject? Are we selective in in what, what we hear from Jesus? Uh, Are we embarrassed? Do we want to reject his exclusive claims to be the only way for forgiveness, the only way to come into a relationship with God? Do you feel there are some things that you just cannot accept about Jesus? If this is you, then you are in danger of walking away from him. Recognize who he is. Recognize that he is the divine one from God, that he came into this world with a mission, a mission to bring us to God to bring us eternal life and he did that through his death on the cross by becoming the ultimate Passover lamb for us if you walk away from Jesus you walk away from eternal life the disciples respond the twelve respond Jesus has the words of eternal life he is the only source of Of eternal life. What a great joy that is, as we face a world that is, is marred by the effects of sin, that is stained with the shroud of death, to have this great hope of eternity, a promise of life beyond this world, a promise of the resurrection at the last day. Jesus has the words of eternal life. Eternal life only comes through him because he is God, broken into this world to come and deal with our biggest problem. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you that you have sent your son into this world. Thank you that he came into this world uh, to deal with our biggest problem. Thank you that he came as the words of eternal life, as the ultimate Passover lamb, Thank you that he gave his flesh and his blood, that we may be forgiven. Father, we pray that you will help us to believe and trust in Jesus every day of our life. And may we live to your glory and honor. Amen.